This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to a very special holiday edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show is being brought to you by Crawford's Barbecue Pit Products. Check out their complete line of awesome products over at CrawfordsBBQ.com. In today's show from December the 20th, 2011, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com is in talking all things rib roast. We're going to hear from Meathead in just a few minutes. But first, let's check out the world premiere of Rempy and the Centralites and their smash hit, The 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas. Here we go. Uh, I got my backup singers coming in here now. All right, uh, ladies, uh, we all good here or what? All right, uh, we got to get towards the microphone so uh, everybody can hear everybody. We off off camera. We have a whole backup group that is about ready to put one on for the age. All right, uh, everybody, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Uh, you go ahead first, there, little one. What's your name? Marley. All right, Marley, and uh, the middle one. Maddie. Maddie is ready, and the oldest one. Bobby. All right, Bobby is in. All right, so we have Maddie, Marley, and Bobby. And we are ready to do the 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas. Can you, uh, you guys going to be able to hear the music? Yeah. Yeah? Are you sure? Hopefully. Right. Now, remember, the music is a little out of the ordinary. So we'll all make sure you're listening so we can do it properly. Okay, great. So you were listening to it while I was here. All right, here we go. Let me unveil to you... The Centralites, the 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas. Lyrics credited to, of course, the uh, guys over at Hot Grill on Grill Action. So I certainly appreciate the fact that they were able to pull this one off. Uh, Ladies, you ready to to rock and roll here? Yeah. All right, here we go. It's the uh, 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas, and we're starting now. Um... On the first day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me a case of cold Coors Light. On the second day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me two chimney starters and a case of cold Coors Light. On the third day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fourth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me four packs for sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fifth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the sixth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets, Four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the seventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five wet Weber bullets. Four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. 
On the eighth day of Christmas, my barbecue came to me. Eight ring, ring, seven pill eggs burning, six thermometers probing, five wet four packs of brown sugar, three, four cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. On the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice spraying, seven cold bags burning, six thermometers for oh, I messed up. Four packs of brown sugar, three, four cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. Ten. On the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice springs, seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets, four packs of brown sugar, three, four cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me eleven butters melting, ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice spraying, seven callbacks burning, six thermometers probing, five weather bullets, four packs of brown sugar, three, four cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cures. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me twelve spices blending, eleven butters melting, ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice springs, seven cobacks burning, six thermometers probing, and five bullets. Four packs of brown sugar, three, four cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. Yeah! Whoa. Rock. Just like that. All right. We rock. Ladies, uh, congratulations to each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Marley, congratulations. Tell us what you thought. Instant feedback. What did you think of the song? It was nice. All right, Bobby, what did you think of our effort tonight? We were practicing and practicing for at least the last three days. It was great. It was great. That was Marley saying that. Uh, Here we have the middle uh, child right here. She did very good. uh, Maddie, what did you think of the performance? All right, thank you. And uh, Bobby is come on, come on over here. Everybody wants to see what's I think happening. It was awesome and cool too. There you go, Bobby. What did you think of the performance tonight? It was great. All right, thank you. And uh, Marley, where are you at? Come on over here. Everybody wants to see. What do you think? All right, uh, Mar. What did you think of the performance tonight? Very good. It was good. And great, and I liked it. It was good, great, and you liked it. All right, beat it. This is my show, ladies and gentlemen. That's mad. Beat it. All right, that was the 12 Days of Holiday Christmas, as sung by the uh, Rempy and the Rempy and the Centralites. Special thanks again going out to Logan Hendrickson, Ryan Amos. Uh, why am I drawing the blank on the other two? Uh, uh, Matt Frampton and Chris Yellick. These are the guys from Hot Grill on Grill Action. That's right. We had a case of cold Coors Light. In uh, in reminder, thanks to Donji. Case of cold Coors Light, two chimney starters, three pork cases, four packs brown sugar, five Weber bullets, six thermometers probing, seven coal bags burning, eight apple juice sprayings, nine log smoking, ten aluminum pans foiling, eleven butters melting, and twelve spices spicy. Somebody get Logan a job writing a show. That was absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, I had a. You would have no idea. I thought this would be one of the easiest songs to find ever, just an instrumental version. 
But believe me, my friends, it was absolutely not one of the easiest songs to find by any stretch of the imagination. But I was able to find that. I don't even know what you would call that. Is that like a uh, techno techno version? Gonna go fill things of Christmas. Gonna get your mother. Gonna eat your face off in the pork butts. Gonna inject my thighs. Something like that, right? Get, geez, oh, Pete. Get that big stuff out of here. New kids on the cooker. That's what I'm talking about. Next super group. Watch out. New kids on the cooker. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we get into the second segment, let me take a minute to tell you about Crawford's Barbecue Pit Spritz. Pit Spritz is all natural and gluten-free. Pit Spritz keeps your meat super moist during the cooking process. The peach Pit Spritz adds an amazing sweet peach taste to your barbecue. It's great on all meats and it does exceptionally well on pork. All you need to do is screw the included trigger sprayer onto the 16-ounce bottle and you're ready to go. Get all the details on Crawford's Pit Spritz. Head on over to CrawfordsBBQ.com. Be sure you use the coupon code GREG at checkout. You will save 10% off your entire order. That's Greg, G-R-E-G. Our meathead, so the topic tonight is prime rib, obviously, and beef roast. This is one of the more uh, popular dishes, especially around this time of year that we're having. Christmas is coming up, uh, all the other associated holidays with this portion of the year. So as we get into prime rib, any opening statements or monologues you would like to make about this particular cut? <laughs> you know me, don't you? Oh, yes. Um, uh, well, I, let's just get the uh, the terminology out of the way first. Um, it's Chances are it's not prime rib that you're going to be cooking. Prime, as we know, is a grade of beef, um, which is based on a USDA inspector checking between the bones of the ribs. I think it's the 12th and 13th bone. I forget which bone it is. And they look at how much marbling there is there, and they say there's a lot of marbling here. Let's call it prime beef. Um, The name prime rib came about because it comes from the rib primal, And that was a name that was given to that cut before the USDA grading system came in. So it's most likely that what you get from your butcher or your grocer is actually choice rib roast. And I think rib roast is probably the better term, uh, the more accurate term, the technically correct term, uh, unless you're getting prime uh, beef. Uh, I'm going to try... Uh, Wagyu for the first time this year. I'm a little concerned if that's just going to be a little too rich, but I've ordered a uh, Strube Ranch Wagyu from uh, Big Papa Smokers, and uh, that's going to cost me, uh, but it should be pretty impressive. But um, it, chances are you're getting a rib roast. And, 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 and the, the, first, the first thing I want to get squared away on rib roast is – I really am a strong believer in getting the bone off. Now, I know the bone looks really cool, and I know the bone (laughs) is fun to gnaw on, but what everybody really likes is the crunchy brown surface, especially if you've got a good rub. Um, And the bone blocks the heat. Now, this business about it's sweeter by the bone is just an old myth. It's rarer by the bone because the bone is filled with... 
uh, like a, a honeycomb of marrow. Yeah. And that's really good insulator. And it keeps heat from penetrating. It's a... Um, a heat shield, if you will. And um, so the meat next to the bone is not going to cook as well. But the bone doesn't contribute anything to flavor. Uh, the marrow's got lots of flavor, but that's not coming out. It's, in, it, it, it's encased in calcium, and then that calcium is encased in an um, envelope of connective tissue, and um, it, that's just not going to contribute. It just doesn't get into the muscle fibers. Now, if you're braising beef ribs, if you're making a stew with beef ribs, man, all that flavor comes out, and that's fantastic. But when you're roasting or smoke roasting or smoking or grilling um, a prime rib or, uh, shall we say, a rib roast, the bone is not going to contribute anything. It's just going to block heat. And then when you take it off the grill, that bone stays hot longer than the meat, so it, con- it, it continues to heat the meat. So I just get rid of the bone, and I set it aside, and that's another meal. I just chow down on those bones uh, you know, a week later, I, I, I put them out there and smoke them uh, Texas style and uh, uh, do the rib roast um, boneless. And when you do that, the roast is, is sort of a teardrop or a pear shape. But if you take the bone off, you can cinch it with twine or, or butcher's string and make it round. And when it's round, it cooks more evenly. You're not going to get, if it's teardrop shaped, the ends of those teardrops are going to cook a little more and be a little overdone. So I'm a real advocate of taking the bone off. Now, uh, Meathead, I've ordered prime rib a few times uh, at the butcher that's uh, just a city or two east of me. And they'll ask me every time I order, do you want us to take the bone off and then tie it back on? Is that something that you would want to do so you then keep those bones for later then, right? Um, Right. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're paying for those bones, and depending on how your butcher charges for it, if he's charging by the pound and the the weight for the bone is the same as the weight for the meat, then you're paying a real premium for inedible material. Um, But that's common, is to take the bone off and then tie it back on, because the bone does make a really nice platform for standing it when you're roasting. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people like to put it in a roasting pan. And we'll talk about the problem with roasting pans in a little bit. But um, you shouldn't put your meat in a roasting pan. We'll talk about that, too, in a minute. But, yeah, you can get the, have them take it off, and I just have them wrap it up and give it to me in a separate package. And that's dinner, you know, another night. And I cook that roast boneless uh, so I can get that nice brown crust all over. All right, let me ask you about this. We talk about when we're doing... Big cuts of barbecue, the pork and the ri- or the uh, brisket, uh, steaks, rubbing of uh, all sorts. And now, I grew up in a very traditional house. It was some garlic salt, some salt and pepper. It was seared heavily on either side, and then it was put in a very uh, soft oven, let's say. But before we get into cooking processes and all that stuff, as far as rubs are concerned, do you like to say, in this case, because it's an expensive cut, uh, it can be more expensive depending on what kind of a quality you get, that you want to have that beefy flavor come through and you want to relax a little bit on the rubs, or is it a, the opposite for you? No, just the opposite, I think. You've got this massive, I mean, depending on the size, uh, what is it? It's going to be maybe five and a half, six inches diameter. Um 
it's not going to penetrate very far. Um, we talked a little bit last time, I think, about um, brining. Um, marinating is the same thing. If you go to my website, I got an article on marinating. And what I did was I, I took a piece of beef and submerged it um, in a marinade for 24 hours, only I used a green dye. Um, and uh, you can see that that green dye does not penetrate very far. Um, and um, uh, Dr. Greg Blonder, whom we've talked about before, he's a P, uh, physicist, used to be with Bell Labs. He's uh, doing research uh, uh, for me on barbecue, and he's done some really interesting work and uh, where he uses indicators and dyes in order to tell how far things penetrate. Um, a rub all by itself, even with a mustard base or an oil base, is not going to get more than an eighth of an inch down into the meat. But that's okay. That's good because, I mean, I really like that. Brown is beautiful when you're cooking, you know. You got a loaf of French bread. And what's what? I mean, the crust is the best part. Right. Um, that's the Maillard reaction, the Maillard effect, uh, the uh, chemical reaction where amino acids and sugars and things change. And you get that really deep, complex flavor on the surface. It, get, it dries out a little because there's evaporation from the surface. So you get your, your brown, your, your shell, your bark. And uh, I like to use an oil, and one-to-one, I make a, uh, a beef rub with herbs. You know, I use rosemary and some garlic and whatever. I've got a recipe for a beef rub that I like on my website. But you guys can whoop up your own or buy one. Um, I like to lean heavily on herbs, get a little salt in there. I stay away from sugar. I'm not a big fan of sugar on beef. That's just my opinion. Um, and uh, mix it about one-to-one with uh, an oil, cooking oil, olive oil, whatever, and just rub it up. And try to rub it up the night before so it will penetrate a little more. And um, uh, then uh, you get that really nice crust all around, especially where the bones used to be. And that just gives you, I mean, the bones cover almost 20, 30 percent of the surface area. So you get just a lot more really nice crunchy crust that way. What about injecting a rib roast fan wow. not a fan ever done that think it's a good idea or not you know i've never done it and frankly you just caught me off guard i've never thought of it i, I don't know that i would bother um i mean you, you know the beauty of injecting is that it's it works better than marinating or brining because when you inject you can get whatever you're injecting down into the meat um on turkey you can get salt water or you can get butter down into the meat Boy, prime rib, you've got, I mean, this is, this is the longissimus and the spinalis muscles. Um, the longissimus is a big, long tube, and then there's this half-moon muscle that kind of wraps around it, and that's the spinalis. And um, these are the most heavily marbled, the most tender, the most flavorful, the softest, the juiciest. Um, I don't know that I feel the need to inject, and if I did, what would I inject with? And there it is from December the 20th in 2011, Greg Rempe and the Centralites, and Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. There's a whole lot more to that Meathead segment. There is a link in the show notes that's going to get you right to that page. Check it out. Meathead is always full of great information as well. Special thanks to Crawford's barbecue pit products 
Check them out over at CrawfordsBBQ.com. Please be sure to use the coupon code GREG at checkout for 10% off your order. That's GREG, G-R-E-G. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you all a very wonderful and joyous holiday. Until next time, I'm your host, John Solberg. And as always, I look forward to talking to you again soon.